Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and for the first time ever, Dan, I believe this is the only time it's ever just been you and I on the show, we bring in producer Dan, really Dan Weiner, um, who is now trying to think about it. Apparently, we both wore red today, so we're already in line. This is a good start. Yeah. And we bring Dan in. He's not necessarily our baseball expert, but he knows a lot more about baseball than I do. And, and what the heck's going on out there today? Um, well, apparently the Washington Nationals are calling up a lot of prospects right now, which seems to indicate that they are going to be making some moves. And it appears as if Juan Soto is going to be on the move. It looks like the San Diego Padres are going to be the team where he ends up going, which I was looking at their World Series price, FanDuel 14, another place 18. They were like 20 to 1 a couple days ago. So, I mean, that number is going to get beat to hell. I mean, it's still the National League right now. It looks like it's going to be... The playoffs are actually going to be kind of awesome, presuming we get some combination of the Dodgers, the Padres, the Braves, and the Mets as the final four teams, because there's the weird wild card, the extra wild card team or whatever. Now, um, so yeah, I mean, the Braves and Mets are have been absolutely awesome, and the Dodgers have been, and now the Padres, Fernando Tatis will be back at some point, and you add Soto to that lineup, who is arguably the best hitter in the National League just overall. I mean, not necessarily this year. It's been Goldschmidt, but... Uh, we're heading towards a scenario where the American League, it kind of feels like it's a Yankees-Astros duel to the death. And the National League looks like it's going to be a little bit more wide open. And what does this make like the Dodgers do? The Dodgers are always aggressive at the trade deadline. Are they going to try to pull something off at the last minute to try to keep pace because they don't care about money or prospects or anything like that? So uh, it's an interesting deal that looks like uh, looks like it's going to get done. I'm three different things going on right now. So I can't really uh, <laughs> trying to produce a show and talk to you at the same time is, is actually a little tricky. Let's see why Andy hated doing it. And that's why I got hired. So I'm appreciative of that. It is wonderful having somebody doing it while you're up here, but we'll give you a quick little break here for a second, but I guess maybe not. It's, uh, where, where, where do you want to start today? We're going to start with college football. Are you ready to rip? Yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, I'm here and college football is my favorite sport. So I have a couple of uh, bets that I wanted to, to put out there. I have a win total and a our first college football game bet of the season. Uh, I'm going to start with the win total. You see Arizona State under five and a half. I, uh, I actually bet this six and a half at a juicy price. I've come around on the idea that this is going to be a team that's not going to win more than five games. So if in case you forgot, do you, do you know offhand who their head coach is at Arizona State? Yeah, Arizona State. Absolutely not. <laughs> Arizona State's head coach is still Herm Edwards. They hired Herm Edwards. Yeah, they hired Herm Edwards a couple that years Herm ago. Edwards? That, that's it. The very same Herm Edwards. You play to win. You play to win the game. Hello. Um, and it actually surprisingly went okay at the beginning. He was doing the CEO in charge kind of thing and letting his coaches coach. But along the way, they committed what appeared to have been a lot of recruiting violations. And so they had to get rid of a bunch of coaches. They had 17 players enter the transfer portal, including their starting quarterback, Jaden Daniels. I think they have a combined total of five returning starters this year. One assistant coach from another team called them the biggest dumpster fire in college football. This is one of those situations for me where if this is going to go bad, it's going to go bad quickly and early for this team. They do have two gimmies on their schedule, which is a little scary from, a, you know, when you're playing an under five and a half with uh, Eastern Michigan and Northern, Northern Arizona. However, Inside their first 
six games, they have to go to Oklahoma State, who was in a, in a New Year's Six Bowl last year. They have to play Utah. They have to play USC. And their sixth game is going to be against a Washington team who was pretty bad last year but hired a new coach. They're going to be ascending. I really like the Kalen DeBoer hire. And if they're 2-4 and four Arizona State at their bye week, this is a team where they're going to eject. They probably should have just punted on Herm at the end of last season when all of these allegations stuff started coming up. I mean, they did win eight games last year, but – it, it's a situation where there, there's just a lot of dysfunction there. And so for me, I think that an under five and a half, like I just don't see a lot of gimmies beyond those first two. Even if Arizona's better this year, there's no way they're going to get to that total. And if you want to play the safe route and go six and a half at like minus 140, that's fine too. But um, yeah, I took the under five and a half there at plus 130. And then, believe it or not, Noops, college football, like real life zero. college football games that count are being played this month uh, in a sad but fun twist. I guess I'm actually not going to be able to watch any of those games. I'm going to be at Disney World that day. I'm going to be eating and drinking my way around Epcot. However, there are games Disney World. Um, well, I mean, I'm probably not going to want to be on my phone. I, I am hoping against hope that my hotel has CBS Sports Network so that when we get back, I can watch Vanderbilt against Hawaii, the kind of game that you're only ever going to watch if it's week zero or it's on the island and it starts at midnight. I think the game is in Hawaii, but I don't know. So I was looking at the schedule and this one historical game, matchup. Of yeah, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt and Hawaii, Hawaii, traditional rivals. You can throw out the record Big. books when Vanderbilt and Hawaii get together for a Take game of college. Off. Exactly. <laughs> But this Wyoming-Illinois game popped out to me. And in the interest of full disclosure, there's a well-known handicapper in college football who steamed this under yesterday from, I think it was 46, 46 and a half down to 44, 44 and a half. And I didn't know that when I started doing my research on this game. I don't care. Uh, if you know anything about the two coaches in this game, Craig Bull and Brett Bielema, they are very similar. Brett Bielema, when he was at Wisconsin, we'll ignore our time at Arkansas. That didn't work, but it was Wisconsin. They wanted to run the ball down your throat and play great defense. Craig Bull built the dynasty at North Dakota state where they want to run the ball and play great defense. I don't think it's going to be outside the realm of possibility that this Wyoming passing offense is going to be the worst passing offense in college football last year. I mean, they were, they were 88th in, in uh, passing play success rate last year and a hundredth in a uh, EPA passing offense. And they actually had a receiver, Isaiah Nair, who had, 20 yards per catch and 12 touchdowns. So they had one big play receiver and they still couldn't do anything else in the passing game. And much to uh, my delight and my friend, Boney Danza, my new coworker behind me, Isaiah Nair transferred to Texas. So this is going to be a team that lost their best receiver. They lost all of their quarterbacks. I just don't know how they're going to score in this game against Illinois. And if you look at it, it's a 10 point spread, which means you're looking at the, the market says 27 and a half to 17 final score. I don't know how Wyoming is going to score two touchdowns in this game. Now, there are no team totals out. I would look at that if this, the under doesn't get steamed anymore. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Illinois, they're going to want to run the ball. Wyoming's replacing a lot on defense, but Craig Bowl teams are typically very good and very fundamentally sound on defense. I think that Illinois for a, a week zero game is going to just be happy to play good defense, take the ball. Uh, ball control, run it, and not really need to run up the score because there's no need to. You just want to go in and get a win and get and get a good rep in. So under 44 and a half, it's not the best number that was out there this week. But uh, like I said, I don't really care. I just I, I if this game gets into the 40s, I'm going to be a little bit surprised unless Illinois just absolutely blows them out of the water. Yeah, I, I like that. And I'll keep an eye on that team total. I like you going under five and a half instead of six and a half, which, which what you described with Arizona State. It seems like that just goes to complete shit. 
or maybe they they're actually over that number. Maybe they can be a yeah. six seven win team and everything's fine. But I'd rather just have the better payout if they're just really bad versus try to sweat that six and a half. And to show you how out of touch with college football I am, Dan, um, I saw Patrick's message in here, and I was wondering if there was a Northwestern Nebraska University that was somehow playing in Ireland. <laughs> I forgot that Northwestern was its own school, and I guess. What they're maybe trying to do, and I mean, does Nebraska Northwestern still run the ball a ton? Maybe they're just trying to make it look kind of like rugby. I don't know what the deal is there. Nebraska does not run the ball the way they, they're not an option offense like they were under Tom Osborne or anything like that. Uh, I'm actually kind of interested in Nebraska this year. Uh, they had a point differential of, I think, like plus 60 last year and won four games. They lost, I think, like, all of their losses by, were by, like, less than seven points. Or they had just, like, the most insane bad luck, bad fortune last year. Now, you make your own luck, and I get all of that. Uh, their, they, uh, their quarterback, Casey Thompson, transferred from Texas. Uh, I don't think he's got the skill set to be a, a guy who's going to go to the next level, but I do think he's a very good college quarterback. And I, I hope he does well there. I have no ill will at all for him transferring. Texas brought in. Uh, a transfer from Ohio State, Quinn Ewers, who was supposed to be the next big thing in college football. I don't blame Casey Thompson at all for transferring. Northwestern is a team I cannot stand to watch. They're very regressive on offense, and Pat Fitzgerald just wants to play great defense. Uh, but no Nebraska is never lacking interesting stuff happening in their game. So for a game that's going to be in Ireland, the first, I guess, official game of the college football season, I think, because I think the, the backyard brawl is actually in week one. Uh, that there are worse kind of things than getting to watch a team that was just such a high variance team like Nebraska last year. So I don't hate it. There are worse games to send to Ireland, but there are better. It's like, it's like sending Northwestern, I guess, is kind of like sending the Jaguars to London. I was just going to say, if England can swallow the Jaguars every yeah. year, Ireland will be just fine with Nebraska. Exactly. So we, I was looking at it before the show today, and we're going to shift our attention to tennis. You gave out a t Andy tried to skip them yesterday, and it's a good thing Andy didn't skip your tennis bets because you had a, a really nice start to things here in Washington and in San Jose. All the parlay pieces came through, and nice and easy too. I mean, they're definitely we definitely weren't sweating Rebecca Marino down a set and then down a break in the third, or Dario Seville blowing the first set, but. You know, it's it's you see this stuff. We're in a, a, a transition period, as Andy has talked about the last couple of weeks. And we pointed out everybody's leaving Europe and coming over to North America. There's a lot of surface changes, a lot of travel spots here. So you will see some clunkier matches. But we continue forward. I got a bunch of stuff on the slate, um, mostly in Washington. For whatever reason, everything looks a little bit better to me. Um, Sloan Stevens gave this out yesterday. You can get a better number. Actually, someone is out there right now betting Alia Tomlianovich pretty hard. It was Stevens plus 105 before we started the show. I'm looking at plus 116 at a book that is pretty slow to move. So that means you might even get a better number there. I just made very confident in a player in Sloan Stevens who is generally better on hard courts than Tom Lianovich. has actually beaten Tom Lianovich all six times they play him. I generally hate head-to-heads, but that is such a large number of matches that it's definitely concerning here. But someone obviously has a different opinion. So go ahead, jump out there. You can get a much better number than I did a couple days ago. Um, going to continue to play unders. Talked about it on the show yesterday about playing some unders. Um, did okay with my little round rob and still have a few of those and um, added some actual just real plays to the card here as I was watching these shake out. Andrea Pekovic is going to play Clara Towson. Um, 
kudos to anybody that um, was able to get into my file and see that bet early. Towson was like minus 105 to start the week. She is out to minus 164. And what looks like a blowout match to me. I just, I really don't see this going three sets, let alone a long two sets happen to take the under 21 here. And then same thing with Colin Sky of Engel. We all got on Colin Sky yesterday, right around minus 125. She's out to minus 135. Let's, I'll draw the line right around minus 130 if you haven't gotten a Colin Sky a bet in yet. But again, another match where it looks like one player is going to outclass the other, and I'm pretty sure it's Kalinskaya. The under 21 looks nice. I had it down to um, 20 games, actually, myself. Maybe I'd hang a cheap 20 and a half, but 21 looks great. And yeah, thank you, Drew. You can see points bet has Sloan Stevens at plus 125. I'll probably go in quickly before there and, and take a little more myself. It just looks like a great spot for Sloan. Wang Jiyu, again, be careful. you got to know your Wangs. Jinyu and Jiyu are playing in Washington because we need max confusion. But this is Wang Jiyu. She's laying three games this afternoon. Um, came up through qualifying is someone that, again, I, I think we're going to keep backing a lot in some of these tournaments, especially against players like Tatana Maria, who is carrying in just a ton of market momentum for making the semifinals at Wimbledon. Hasn't played a bit of tennis since then. Really like the spot for Wang, who's in good form. And, you know, even if Tatana was playing, I'd probably lay those three games. So a lot of positives there. And then another under, this one will be tomorrow, Jessica Pagula and Daria Seville, formerly Gavrilova. Pagula has just been trucking people on these courts, and I'm happy to take the under 20 games. The spread's right around five. So if Pagula wins 6-4, six, 6-3, six, you push on that spread, we get to cash our under. Now we could lose that if maybe it's a little bit longer. I just don't see Seville even taking a set off her. I love that under. And San Jose, this one will be tomorrow. Um, nothing really stuck out to me this afternoon in San Jose. If you wanted to do like a – Kuder Matova, maybe Beatrice Haddad Maya parlay for some fun. But otherwise, we just have our golf bet to close out one of our parlays from yesterday. But this one will be tomorrow. Carolina Pushkova um, continues to be priced bizarrely to me. And she goes up against another player, Amanda Anasimova, that I think is finally starting to get too much credit. So happy to go against some overreaction here, I think, on both players. I mean, Anasimova's had a nice season. She continues to get better and better. Um, generally does well in the U.S., but doesn't deserve, in my opinion, to be anywhere near a minus 250 favorite of her player in Pliskova, who still has the ability to just serve through matches. I mean, we saw her win yesterday, and just it was a mess. I mean, she tried to blow that match a bunch of times. She still has the ability to get to a tiebreaker and, and take control of things there. So happy to lay the four games. Even if she loses in two sets, we can push this 7-5-6-4, even win if it's a 7-6-6-4 kind of situation. And the money line at plus 210, just a bunch of value there for me. So a bunch of plays in Washington this afternoon and then a few early tomorrow morning in Washington and San Jose. This is kind of going to be a two-part question a little bit. Uh, Jessica Pagula and the U.S. Open, what do you think of her chances at the U.S. Open? It's A lot of it's going to depend on the draw, but I think that she has as good of a chance as anybody. Um, disappointed that I frankly don't have some of those numbers. I'm, I'll probably poke around and see, but last time I checked, everything was in the mid-20s which makes sense to me. It's when you think about the U S open, it's generally a messy tournament because tennis is a long season. You know, it's even playing tennis for 10, 11 months, traveling all over the world every single week. You have a lot of players drop out due to injury. A lot of players lose early due to fatigue. And generally you see some younger players, just like we did last year, the final of Emma Raducanu and Layla, Andy Fernandez, two young players that were peaking at the right time. Um, that had taken some break and were really good on hard courts. I think Pagula has a great chance to win the U.S. Open. So poke around if there's any numbers like in the 30 to 41 range, which I'm pretty sure don't exist, grab some of that. And let me know, please. 
BetUS has her at 33. Ooh, I want to play that. Um, however, they won't let me parlay it. And my next question was going to be, <laughs> so how do we feel about the Pagula family parlay? Jessica Pagula to win the U.S. Open and the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. Can we put a Sabres bet in there? <laughs> I, I, I'd have to ask Matt. I don't know what bets are going to be worth making for the Buffalo Sabres. We're going to have to work. We're going to work on this out there. I'm a hockey guy. We'll find a Sabres bet. And I think you're right. We need to find a way to do a Pagula U.S. Open Bill Super Bowl. And I assume the Sabres are terrible because they're generally terrible. Yeah, they, uh, I think they're in the midst of a Sabres win league. total under. Well, yeah, I mean, I it has they... to be a positive. That ruins the karma. <laughs> we need all positive Pagula bets. So we'll just find something nice to bet on the Sabres. I don't know. I feel like the Sabres are in year eight of a four-year rebuild. <laughs> Every time it's just like, and they had, God, not, Jack Eichel, or did they have Jack Eichel? Whichever one of the, the draft picks they got who's supposed to be good, and, and it's just been a mess. But and you were talking about how good Pagula's been, and I was like, well, I, I've been looking for a way to get involved in something Buffalo Bills. So when I when we were doing the French Open stuff and I was doing all those Igas Sviantec parlays, I almost did Bills to win the Super Bowl as one of them with my Iga Max Verstappen third leg of a parlay, and then regret not doing Josh Allen MVP. Because I feel like if, if the Bills win 13 games, the media is just clamoring to give him MVP. So I'm mad I didn't do that. And I'm just like having FOMO of betting something Buffalo Bills because I enjoy them. I think they're going to be really good. And I would like to have just something to sweat with them during the NFL season. And so now I'm going to have to go see if I can find a book that will let me parlay. Bills well, I, have, I may have found one that rhymes with Momata. Yeah, uh, I was going to go look there later. Yeah, so they actually have Pagula 32 to 1, which means the U.S. Open odds has moved. I'll be spending some time this afternoon poking around because if there's a 33 at Bovada, there might be a 40 out there somewhere. But I put the Bills 6 to 1 with Pagula 33 to 1. We're up to 237 to 1, and I haven't even added the Sabres yet. So I'll probably just play this, and then uh, we'll find a Sabres bet. We'll either share it on the show tomorrow or probably tweet it out from the account or something. That's a brilliant idea, Dan. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What say? Uh, I mean, I, I couldn't come on the show without doing some soccer um because you're i don't footy you're i don't bet guy. baseball i'm not i'm no andy i'm no euros andy i'm not confident that these bets are going to go as well as andy's did but it's and uh we have there, no fs1 there's a bunch of soccer on tonight and there's actually i'm gonna because i'm gonna be the only one who's gonna do this on the show the premier league season starts on friday so we're gonna have real life premier league football i think it's arsenal and crystal palace yes. um the first game, but that's not going to be the game I'm going to bet. But I'm going to start with the games that are tonight. And there's a common theme here with these two Tuesday night games. Uh, the first one, MLS, it's the Colorado Rapids at the New York Red Bulls. And I, you might be wondering why I'm betting one of the worst teams in the Western Conference to beat one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. That's a Colorado Rapids DNB. Draw no bet means you're just betting on them to win. If the game, if they win, it's plus 270. If it's a draw, you get your stake back. And if they lose, you lose. So this is just taking the draw out of the equation. This is just simply uh, the New York Red Bulls are going to be pretty exhausted for this game. So the Rapids haven't played since July 23rd. So they've had a long layoff coming into this game. This is the fourth game in 10 days for the Red Bulls. They had a game against Austin, a regular season game on the 24th or 23rd. Uh, 24th they had to play a midweek u.s open cup game against the orlando against orlando city which they lost and then peculiar in a peculiar 
Yeah, I can't talk. In a peculiar <laughs> twist, excuse me, they played Barcelona, yes, that Barcelona, in a friendly on Sunday. Like all these European teams come to the U.S. to play friendlies because they want to get in their foot in the door in the U.S. market or more in the market. It's Barcelona. And they played the Red Bulls. And knowing that they still had to play a regular season game on Tuesday, the Red Bulls played pretty much their first team lineup against Barcelona. Which there's, I've seen some speculation that maybe there was something contractually that they had to like try to at least be competitive in that game. So MLS is not a league where you can really you have squad depth. There's a salary cap. It's really hard to uh, to to just build squad depth. So you're going to have a Red Bulls team that's dealing with a bit of tired legs, heavy legs in this game. So I'm willing to take that shout here at a at bigger odds. I didn't know the best way to play it, so I said to hell with it. Let's just bet a 270 there that Colorado is going to win this game. Uh, so we'll do that. And then in Liga MX, similar situation. So Liga MX, their season's actually split into two halves. They do two tournaments. They do a spring into winter and then a winter into spring. So it's two different seasons. They give out a, a, a championship for each season. And the spring, the, the summer to winter season, the one that starts now, usually starts the end of July and goes until December. However, because of the World Cup, it started three weeks early, but ends in early October. So the schedule is extremely condensed in Liga MX. And so both of these teams, Puebla and Toluca, are playing their fourth game in 11 days, both of them. They're both pretty good. Uh, Puebla is, I think, fifth and Toluca's third in the league right now. Uh, but Puebla has had trouble scoring this year. They've only scored eight goals in six games. So I'm going to I'm going to go with the under in that game just because I feel like you're dealing with two tired teams. I think you're going to see if there aren't goals early. I think you're just going to see sluggish play in the second half of that game. So I'm going um, I'm going to go with the under there. And then the last one, this is just my impassioned plea to Americans. If you're looking for a Premier League team to support and you like American soccer, Leeds United is the team for you. And here's the reason why. Leeds United acquired two members of the United States national team this offseason, Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, who I think you can argue are two of the five or six most important players on the U.S. national team. And with the Premier League season going right up into the World Cup, you want your if you want to see the U.S. national team succeed, you want their players to be in their best possible form. So if Leeds United has a good season and those guys play well, it's going to bode well for the U.S. to at least get out of their group in the world cup so this is really just rooting for leeds united to be good and those two guys to be good on top of that their coach jesse marsh is also an american and it pisses the english off to no ends when americans are good at soccer he they've talked <laughs> so much shit about him they said he was going to fail they said when he took over last year in the middle of the season they were going to get relegated and he managed somehow to help them stay up and in the premier league so if jesse marsh succeeds another middle finger to the english soccer elite who just thumb their nose at the americans they're playing wolves or wolverhampton wanderers but they're called wolf not the minnesota timberwolves andy's team uh wolves when they got promoted a few years ago, they had a couple of seasons where they were in the top 10, but their their play has been then steadily declining over the last couple of years. They're going to be a team that's in the bottom half of the table this year. They might be an outside relegation candidate this year. Be a little bit surprising, but not out of the question. But if Leeds United is going to stay up this year, they're one of the relegation favorites, but not one of the bottom three favorites. If they're going to avoid relegation again this year, they're going to have to win home games against teams that are in the bottom half of the table. That's what this is. Season opener at home. A lot of just anticipation and hope that they might be able to stay up again this year. So at plus 130, I'll take a little bit of plus money. This one's not a draw, no bet. So yeah, I mean, if there's a draw, you lose the, you just lose your stake outright here. But uh, this is just pulling for the U.S. national team and maybe the most important European soccer team for the success of the U.S. national team at the 2022 World Cup. So I'm going for it. I'm just going to pull for leads. 
And Leeds is a team that, so if you don't know Leeds' story, they were a powerhouse for a long time in the sport. And then they were basically ruined financially. (laughs) They were (laughs) ruined financially in the aughts when salaries. Yeah, your dog is not happy with that one. Uh, They went into financial ruin when salaries started exploding in the Premier League. And it was a long journey back for them. But Leeds is basically the team that every fan base hates. Like, all the London teams hate them. The Manchester teams hate them. Liverpool hates them. And I don't care about English soccer all that much. So, hell, I'll support them. So, why not? And they've got Americans and American coach. I'm firmly on the Leeds bandwagon this year. You know, Dan, I will say one thing. You have just an endless ability to come up with reasons to make them. I really appreciate it. Look, I'm a terrible sports better. Like, I've been trying to come up with my own college football numbers. And I'm, my head is spinning. I just don't like manipulating data and trying to take my personal bias out of things is very difficult for me. However, I can spin a narrative like nobody else, which is why I love a good futures bet. Like I love futures bets, everything about them, spinning narratives and potentially big payouts. Like what more could you want? Uh, but this is more just supporting a team that I'm rooting for and would like to see do well. And I mean, it's, I don't think it's a bad bet by any stretch of the imagination. Like you should win even, even the, like the bad teams when bad teams playing bad teams, you should protect your home field. I firmly believe that. No, it could end up being a draw. Like, they're not very good. Neither team's very good. Like, anything could happen in that game. But if I can get plus money a little bit on a home team playing another bad team, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad bet, particularly early in the season. I like it. I'll probably actually look for maybe even like a Leeds team total over or something like that. I love team total overs in, in soccer. That's Those are my degen soccer bets. <laughs> Stack I mean, like a one with a one and a half, maybe a two. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're already trying to figure out the the Pagula family angle. I mean, Andy bet a plus 4,000 lined Jaguars Super Bowl matchup last night on the deep dive. So I don't know if we're going to be able to get our bill, our Pagula family parlay to a, out to a plus 4,000 or 40,000. Excuse me. It was bet 25 to win 100 grand, whatever those odds are. Well, let's see what happens when I put the Sabres to win the cup in here because <laughs> apparently that's going to be a big number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I don't think I would pull the trigger on that one personally. I, it's, I'm hoping to find a different Sabers bet, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. the site's being glitchy. I'll we'll pull that up, but yeah, we'll, we'll get together off air and come up with a uh, <laughs> a perfectly profitable Pagula parlay for your for for you and yours. Perfectly profitable Pagula parlay. What a name! I know. I actually hope um, I'll be in Vegas. I believe the weekend before the U.S. Open starts, and I hope that I can get an actual paper ticket with that <laughs> on it. I wonder if the FanDuel book near me will let me do that. Ooh, man, this is fun. Uh, I don't know if, yeah, I gotta, I gotta see because that, that might be worth a trip out to the casino just to see if they'll let me parlay that at all. There's no way. It's, it would be one of those bets where um, you you either win too much to to be able to place it, or you have to bet too little to be able to place it. The bet minimum is five dollars, mm-hmm. but you can't bet more than five dollars. I mean, hey, a five to win, whatever, like five to win. What do we say? What did you say the odds were for just Pagula? It's just and- 237 for yeah. um, for them. I mean, and what, what are the Sabres to, to win the Stanley Cup? Oh, I don't I don't have it in front of me. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I just had bet US in front of me just because I always let's see odds to win the Stanley Cup. The Buffalo Sabres are plus sixty six hundred. So 66 to one. So All right. Bad. So Bill six to one, Pagula 33 to one, Sabres 66 to one gets us. What is that? No, it's still only 15,000 to one. Damn it. 15 or 50? 15. 15. 15. 15. <laughs> oh, man. 
What a what Besides a stupid people. idea! I love this so much now. Well, that's good. Anything else we got to cover for the people here? I think those were all, all the picks we have. Again, we'll work this off backstage and send no, something I, out there. But I think that's it. Yeah, I think we're good. I, if uh, if you haven't checked any of it out, go check out Andy and the boys over on Betsports Golf. The last non like the last week before the playoffs. We're going to finally get to some playoff golf next week. So go check those guys out. Uh, I'll plug the deep dive last night. Uh, would you? Would it surprise you to know that the Jaguars-Texans show was our longest preview podcast show of the season so far? Probably not. Usually some of the bad teams are the ones they talk the most about. I'm surprised they still they stopped talking about the Lions. I feel like that one could still be going. Yeah, that one could still be going. We spent a lot of time talking about the Houston Texans and just how dire that situation is. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't listened, they're not sitting here telling you that the Jaguars are going to make the playoffs or go to the Super Bowl or anything like that, but there's a lot more optimism for the Jaguars there than uh, there are for a lot of other teams from the from Andy and Drew. So, highly recommend that. Check out Betsburt's Golf. Uh, there's no Formula One for like a month, so I can't give you any bets there coming up. But, uh, yeah, I think I've I've tapped out my resources and I'm I'm keeping the Heisman bets chambered in the holster in case uh in, in case I need to do an emergency fill in again when Matt's on vacation on a golf vacation in Scotland and Andy's doing golf and he's too busy to reach out to you to see if you could push the show back a half hour because that's what happened today. When did Tuesday become Betsbert's golf day? I don't I, I everybody don't everybody but us apparently you and I just have to go to work and they get to have fun. What are you gonna do? <laughs> We'll be back tomorrow. Andy, of course, will be back. Um, Dan, we'll have him back at some other point, probably to talk FS1 at one of these points, because that's truly what I think you love the most. But in the meantime, everybody, give us a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, hit the little bell thing on the YouTube page, all that good crap that Andy spends too much time asking for at the end of the show. Thanks to FanDuel. Thanks to Profit Exchange, PropSwap, all our sponsors. We appreciate that. Look for links and stuff, and uh, we'll be back for a little hump day action. See you tomorrow.